0: Gotta spend time walking with me. There is a movement of the Holy Spirit, and I told you that it would be lost in this generation if you do not teach people how to yield to me. I sent the Spirit of God into the earth to lead you and to guide you and to teach you all things. Bretano de la la I will bless and honor the things you have done with the limited ability that you have, but it's not the fullness of all I have for you. I have so much for my church and so much for you. You must begin at this time to begin to draw near to me. You must begin at this time to begin to pray. You must begin at this time to seek my face and allow my spirit to move in your midst. So, what is happening right now? I'm speaking to you. Not your pastor, not your mind, and not a devotional. I'm speaking to you. I have a lot to say to you. Only as you allow me to move in your midst by my spirit will you ever walk in the fullness of all I have for you in my church. So tonight is a turning point for you and my church, for I'm excited about the days ahead, your life and what you're about to experience in the earth. You have a choice. You can continue down the same road you're going down now, or you can begin to draw near to me. The choice is yours. But I'm ready to meet you if you're ready to walk with me and allow me to move by my Spirit, says God. Papa God, tonight we'll allow you to move. We'll allow you to move. There's things that we can't do like you just said. There's things that we will never get done in the natural. But we're not in the natural, we're supernatural. So tonight as a pastor of this church, I welcome you by your spirit. I welcome you in all the gifts of the spirit in our midst, in our lives and in this building. We ask you to have your way. And we commit this church into your hands and the people in it. And all the people that'll walk through the doors and the city, we commit tomorrow morning's prayer breakfast into your hand. We ask you to move by your spirit and that Jesus Christ be glorified in our midst. There are those there that raid against your church. But you said, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not stand against it. And so for that, we stand upon your word. And we know that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Every tongue that rise against us in judgment, we condemn it and prove it to be wrong. Thank you for the hands that have put themselves to to this meeting so that we can have it I pray for souls tomorrow men would come out of darkness to light I pray in the name of Jesus that if people sit in the valley of decisions they'd come out of that valley and step into what's right Satan you have no authority over our prayer meeting you have no right to intervene in any way shape or form so we bind you from from any interventions in any way shape or form Using, you will not use people, you will not use circumstances to hinder the move of God tomorrow in any way. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray over this meeting tonight and I ask you to use me to just share your word. And we'll walk out of here and say, yeah, it was good to be in the house of God. And thank you that the people here are growing in God and growing in you. In Jesus' name. Well, before we open up our Bibles, I want to share a little something with you. The Lord said this to me this afternoon when I was in my room. He said, every door leads to a room. When God opens a door, there's more to that door than the door. There's a lot of things happening right now that are just so God. But I want to stop for a minute and tell you, because I know you've heard this before, but I just feel led to say it to you again. There is a God and we're not him. When he does something, he gets the glory for it. We don't, there's no hot dogs. You know what I mean by that? There is nobody in this room better than anybody else. There's no, God does not use us because we're awesome. He uses us because he's awesome. So I'm going to tell you a little story. And I remembered back when we used to be in the other building, we we had a prayer meeting one day and i I don't even remember now who all was in it. I know Nancy was there. Uh, I I think Barbara Neff was there. Jeannie Bowser was there. Um, We were sitting around in the room praying and interceding, praying over our church. And I felt led to pray over the city. Now, at that time in my life, I didn't venture outside of my church because I thought our church was it. If God's going to do anything, it's going to be through our church. Uh-huh. That's wrong thinking, but I'm telling you the way I thought. And we were praying for a move of God, but I wasn't praying a move of God for the city. I was praying for a move of God for us. And um, when we were, I was sitting there like an Indian with my legs crossed. And the Lord took me up out of my body. I don't know how to explain to you spiritual things, but I. I found myself standing up over 441. I could see cars going under my feet. I felt like I was about as high as that ceiling up there above the traffic. And Jesus was standing beside me. And uh, at that time, Clint Brown had moved in next door. And our church had shrunk. (laughs) We went from 200 people to about 85 in one Sunday. It was really wonderful. Okay. And he said something to me because we were praying. And he said, I have given you the city. And I'm thinking, all right. And I, I was standing there and I could see Clint Brown's church and mine. So I said, well, what about the other churches? Because he's given me the city. And he said, were you going to do this alone? And I realized that he was correcting my theology. He wasn't up there to, to tell me how awesome I was. But he was correcting me. And he did it with a lot of love. He wasn't. And I said, no, sir. And then, bang, I'm sitting back on the floor again. And, and, and it kind of, well, he said some more things to me, but they're not pertinent to, the, to, to this. I knew then he was going to do something. But I know what he's going to do or how he's going to do it. This morning, I'm, I'm the VFW, and we're about to have a prayer breakfast. Um, God's moving. And because of this church, not just this church, the prayers that have gone up. We now have a Christian mayor. Amen. Not from this church, but a Christian nonetheless. Amen. Well, he's a Methodist. If that's all right, we all and we have a city councilwoman who's a Catholic, mm-hmm. not from this church, but uh, you know. And we have Doug Bankston's there and he's not from this church. And when I told him, I asked him, I says, how does it feel to pastor the second best church in town? <laughs> I can joke with Doug. I can't, do, I can't joke with anybody else. Um, then the, um, help me with the last guy. Um, Smith? Yeah, Smith. He's the pastor of a Baptist church in South Apopka. Great guy. I met him one day. Just loves Jesus with all of his heart. Really good guy. Loves loves God. Um, has a real heart for the city. And, and you need people from South Apopka to sit in those seats because yes. if you don't live there, you don't you don't understand the dynamics of that. Yes. You, you know, I I don't live there. I don't I don't understand what it means to live in South Apopka. So they do need representation. Yes. But anyway, all of those men are in seats because of prayer. And um, Doug Bankston, this afternoon, became vice mayor of the city. Okay. And I'm going to tell you how it happened. Now, y'all, th- you would say coincidence, but it was not. Kyle Becker and Doug uh, are both have been on the seat equal t- time. So the mayor got together and said, well, flip a coin. Well, before they flipped the coin, Vicky and I were talking and she says, Doug said, you know, God, whatever your will is. And I said, "Vicky, no. I said, it is his will in Jesus' name. And she, I, she said, I'd agree with that. Well, that was like about 30 minutes before the toying costs. So I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying, look at me. I'm telling you, God is an awesome God. He just needs you to give voice to the word of God. So, so tomorrow morning... Um, we're about to have a prayer meeting in this city, yeah. folks. Last year was the first year we ever had an altar call, yeah. and so we're going to have another one tomorrow morning. Yes. And I'm not going to say raise your hand and just as I am, and have um, you know we're not going to sing and have everybody cry and you know. I'm just going to I'm just going to ask the people now. This is a prayer meeting. If you want prayer, I'm going to close out. Those pastors up here, please come forward, and we'll pray for you. So I want you all to pray with me this evening, you know, after the meeting tonight, just for God to be glorified. Now, I said all that because most of the people who are working down here in this VFW, they don't go to this church. This, our church is represented well. I mean, there was 16 people from our church that have been working. That's awesome. And the ones that aren't working are praying, but yet... Uh, there's an Assembly of God church, um, Doug's church, um, Baptist church. You know, there's, there's an a, 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 a Episcopalian, huh? the Spanish, I said that's the Assembly of God church, um, Spanish church. But there's other churches in there, and what the Lord said to me years ago, I'm watching this. Now, I'm not saying this because I want you all to know something. There is no man that has the ability to pull that off. You, I can't pull that off. So don't take credit for what God does, because He'll stop using you if you take credit. Look, well, look at us. We do, no, He won't use you anymore. He'll go. He can find somebody other. He can find another bunch of donkeys. <laughs> so whenever, just give God the glory for what He's doing. But there is a lot more happening. Somehow or another, we've stepped into a place in the spirit. And, and it's, we're going to have to, you know, tonight I'm talking about contending for a move of God. These things don't happen without you contending for them. you gotta, you got to go after this stuff. Now, understand this. That, if, that means that God knows what's happening and every devil in hell knows what's happening. I'm not trying to scare you. Don't become afraid. But, but you can't stop praying. Amen. Do you all understand that? If you want to be used by God, um, you know, after you go to the Jordan River, the next guy, you're going to meet Satan. <laughs> and I'm not prophesying that we're going to meet the devil. We've met him before. But I'm saying this. Jesus had a prayer life, and we have to have one too. There's a lot of things going on. And I and I got a sermon called "Contending for the Move of God." I guess you can add this to it if you're taping, but um, but I appreciate every one of y'all and what's happening in this city. But it's God, and um, just thank God for you guys and everybody that's working so hard. But um, I'll tell you, it's interesting meeting people outside this church. It, you know, and I and we have. And I always point at Betty May sitting in the back, and who else? Sandy, and who else has been here for long enough other than you two were in? Okay, you two guys were in the shopping center. I've changed a lot. (laughs) I was waiting for Betty May to holler and say amen. Justin. 28 years. 28 years. You, I've never had to study so hard what, how to say the right thing. You still have to say something, but you say it right. And I told Mary Fran today, I called her on the phone, and I said, Mary Fran, I, she said, you would not have believed you'd be doing it. I said, no, I wouldn't. I thought God, I don't never, you know, if you think, if you think God should use you, you he probably won't. Because I, I, I just don't think I'm the candidate for it. I don't. I just think, nah, find somebody that knows what they're doing. And I'm watching God do things, and I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely amazed. So here's one more thing that happened. Um, John Stenberger asked me, and I heard you this yesterday, this coming Saturday night, there's a debate, a Republican debate for the governor of the state of Florida. And he asked me to be the benedictory, do the prayer. And you say, well, that's, a, that's only 120 seconds. I, I know. But th- this afternoon, I'm laying in the bed, and the Lord said, a door opens, a door, when a door opens, there's a room behind it. And I went, oh, oh, there's a lot going on, and, I, and we just need to keep praying. Well, by the way, I got to reading some of your stuff today, I mean yesterday, I didn't know if you knew that. There's a lot of stuff you wrote in books. That you, anyway, um, God's wor- working, and I'm, I thank God that we're a part of it, and, it, it and, and we need to continue to just to pray, amen? So, you know, if he wakes you up at four in the morning and says, pray, just get up and go pray. Don't worry about whether you get any sleep or not. You, you'll always get enough sleep. You won't if you don't pray. You won't get no sleep. Amen. So get your Bibles out and go to Matthew 3. Um, is that exciting? Now, what's he got in store? I don't have any idea. I've already resolved to quit trying to figure it out. Surely, there's a time that you have to just go, whatever you want to do, God. I've spent too much time trying to make something happen that didn't. Rather than just go. God, uh, I'm not even going to think about this. I'm just let you be God. So, amen. amen. There is a God and we're not him. <laughs> I was listening to Mark Hankins the other day. And a man asked Brother Hagen. How is it you went from pastoring a little church in Texas and traveling to being known all over the world? Brother Hagin said, well, I never wanted to be known all over the world. The man was asking, how did you get in that position? Listen, if there's a turtle on a fence post, you know the turtle didn't get there by itself. You're driving down the road, you see a turtle. You Somebody put the turtle on the fence. Kicking. If you ever see somebody in a position like Billy Graham, Billy didn't do it. So the key to going up is to go down. He said, well, I never wanted it. That might be why God used him. Just a little thought. There's no just just obey God. Just whatever you want to do, Papa God. Amen. So tonight we're going to continue contending for a move of God. Matthew three, verse eleven. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, and he who is coming after me is mightier than I am. Whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Now what a powerful statement because we talk a lot about the Holy Ghost, but but there's the fire element. What does fire do? Well, it's power. We know that. But fire burns chaff. Fire burns up everything that's not God. I know that this is not popular, what I'm going to say. There's an element of the Holy Ghost in your life that's burning in you what God doesn't like. and That's why you're often, it's like God puts you and he squeezes you in a corner. And you're like, you think he left you, but he put you there. Because there's always elements of our life that God's got to get out of you to use you. Now, we don't like what I'm about to say, but after Jesus was baptized in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. The Holy Ghost is going to lead you places you don't want to go. I I love to hear Tony and Lynn. I, I love to watch people like Tony and Lynn. Good, wonderful Baptist. And God drops them in a tongue talking church with a white preacher. I just, I love it. Because there's a God, you know, and he's got, when you get hungry, he's going to put you places. And, and I can tell you and I, I'm not interviewing her right now but I, but, you know, but I would love to sit and talk to me because, because they're like, well I, I, that was so uncomfortable but 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 I've, I've grown. Yeah. And I watched some of y'all sitting in here in this church and I, and I know you didn't pick us. No. I mean, I can see your faces you're you, the first week you were here, you're looking for the door. Am I right? Am I right? Have y'all ever, have y'all ever been in a hard place and you didn't like it and you kept praying and praying and, and God wouldn't let you out of there? And you're like, God, I hate that. And I mean, the more you pray, it's like he kept tightening the screws up until you're like, Oh, I hate this place. I'm not talking about just the church. I'm talking about in a spiritual place. I'm talking about, you know, there's places I've been, and I'm like, God, I don't like this. I don't like it. This is not, this is not where I want to work. But yet every bit of it, God's burning chaff. And that's not popular. I mean, especially faith and word people, you know, I mean, we're just victory, 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 victory. Well, God's got a victory, victory too, but, you know, he's, he's got kids. And he, and he won't, he's raising, he's training you. Yes, he and sometimes your training takes you places you don't want to go. I got a brother-in-law that went in the Marines, Paris Island, and he said, I wouldn't trade my time at Paris Island for all the money in the world. And I would never go back there for all the money in the world. (laughs) You know what he's talking about? If you're going to, if God's going to send you to war, he's going to train you. And sometimes you don't like the training. I don't think I like this training very much. That's chaff. He said he's going to baptize us with the Holy Ghost and fire. F- Listen, I think fire's power, yeah. But there's a lot more to a fire. Right. Yeah. Yeah, do y'all know that the the burning of Yellowstone Park, at the very first time it happened, was an accident? Did you know that? Y'all remember Smokey the Bear? Yeah. Used to come on with a shovel? Yep. Forest fires. Yeah. Well, there was a time that a fire broke out in Yellowstone and yeah. burned the whole park down. Did y'all know that? They tried everything to put the fire out and couldn't. A year later, Yellowstone was the most beautiful place in the world. And they went, hmm. All these years we've been trying to keep the fire out of here. And we didn't know that when the canopy overhead gets too big, there's there's nothing underneath for the deer to eat. All the animals start dying. But nature has a way of coming and just burn everything down. And we send the trucks and try everything on our power to stop it. Now we have controlled burns. Because we found out if you ever want anything to happen in the woods, you got to sometime burn the whole thing down. Am I telling you the truth? So you know what? Listen, listen. I don't want you to be upset if every once in a while God sticks a big fire under your backside and just burns everything in your life out of it that you thought was so precious. Some of y'all got some fire burning right now, and you're like, oh, Jesus, send the water, send the fire truck. And he's going, no, burn it up. Because if you ever want to be used by God, there's times he's got to just go, that's just too much stuff. When you get done, he's like, that's all that's left is me. And he goes, well, that's all I need. <laughs> now, we don't like that kind of preaching. And we don't like it. It's true whether you like it or not. Anybody in here, God's got a fire under your backside right now. He just Yeah, I've been through a few. I'm, I, I, when I talk about me first pastor in this church, I'm not whining. It was hard. You know what God said? I found a little rug rat named Daryl Morgan. I think if I stick him in a church, I'm going to burn all the chaff out that boy. I prayed every week for God to deliver me from this place. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. It was And God's up there going, burn him up. (laughs) He did too. I felt like somebody torched my backside for a solid year. (laughs) And when he gets finished with you, he looks at you and says, now you look a lot more like Jesus. Jesus. I know y'all don't like to hear this, but do you know that Jesus suffered? Then you need to read 1 Peter. Let me make another statement to you. If you're going to walk with God, he's going to take you places and there will be physical, fleshly suffering. Not look spiritual. in delivering you from everything you're in the middle of. He said, yea, though you walk through the valley, I'll be with you. He never said nothing about getting you out of it. That's so un-American. It's still the truth. Smith Wigglesworth made a statement one time, and I didn't like it. He said, God has burned Smith out of Smith. And I was going to Raymond. I said, don't burn me out of me. (laughs) You know, it's a good thing someone doesn't show you where you're headed. You wouldn't go. Oh, God, use me. And later you come back, they're using me. Okay, I have a question for you. When did Jesus become the Son of God? When he was born. When did his ministry begin? How many miracles did he do when he was five? He didn't do any. Now this right here, listen to me. The church didn't know this. I'm talking about the church in America. I don't know what I'm about to say. This, this is one of the most misunderstood things. Everybody you meet will say, well, Jesus did what he did to prove he was the son of God. And I'm going to tell you, no, no, he didn't either. That, you can't find that in the Bible. In John, the second chapter, you can go over there. And I'm just going to quote it to you. When Jesus turned the water into wine, it says, the beginning of miracles. When did they start? When he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm going to ask you all a question. If Jesus is God, and he is, why did he need the Holy Ghost? I'm going to unload something on you because he couldn't do anything that he did without him. Where did the church get the idea? We don't need him. God in the flesh needed him. Do you? You bet your sweet bippy you do. That's that's a statement that would get me thrown out of churches. Did you know that? You know, I have conversations with people, and some of them last about 60 seconds because that's about all they can handle. I'll make a statement like that, and they'll look at me and go, I never thought of that. I know. The church, you know, a while ago, I I mean, I want somebody to take the tongues and interpretation of coming forth and transcribe them. Because that's not something I walk in here, there's no notes. It's precious what he just said. There are things. All right, let me back up. America is in a mess. Is the church affecting the culture? No. Because Jesus said, the flesh profits nothing. You, you and I cannot open the doors, call this a church, and do the work of God without God, the Holy Ghost. If you do, it's a country club. That's not popular. I'm not picking on somebody. I'm just telling you, you can't. I can't. Where did we ever get the idea that we could? Well, we had a thousand people Sunday. So did Hitler. Crowd proves nothing. Well, that's. Acts 10.38, pop it on the screen, I want to show you something. I love the Holy Ghost. I, I love the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you, I told God this one time, and I hope you don't mind my prayer. If you don't show up, I don't want to either. Don't ask me. To get in that pulpit if you don't come. Amen. That's right. That's right. Amen. That's right. Dear Lord. Amen. But when he comes. <laughs> I wish sometimes you could get up here and preach under the anointing. Because I, have, I say things and when I say it I go. That was good. I never thought of that. <laughs> it's There's a God. And I'm not him. All right. Acts 10.38. How God adjoined, anointed Jesus. Now the word Jesus is the name of his humanity. His name is not Christ. I watched a movie one time where a whole movie, a Christian movie, they never mentioned the name Jesus one single time. His, name's Christ. his name is name. Is not Christ. That's right. It's a title. His name is Jesus. That's the name of a man. Satan is not afraid of the name Christ. He's afraid of the name Jesus. Because Jesus is a man that whipped him. Do you all remember the story when Jesus walks into a synagogue and the demons scream, we know who you are? You are the son of God. Do you know why they said that? You are God, you have no authority over us. Now God gave dominion to man and man gave dominion to the devil. So God can't come in a building and deal with the devil. But a man can. Jesus told the devil, shut up and come out of him. Because he didn't deal with the devil as God. He dealt with the devil as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. Now now listen to what I'm about to say right now. The the Holy Ghost, I mean, the, the devil knows you are no threat. The devil has dealt with stupid people before he's been around a long longer than you yes, yes, yes. now he's been screwing people up for six thousand years. you don't bother him you're a Chihuahua and he's a great dane you. You, you, you come in here, and Satan goes, "Ah, oh, shut up!" But if the chihuahua gets anointed by the Holy Ghost, that's not a normal chihuahua. That chihuahua will eat your Great Dane hide, because all of a sudden that chihuahua is a piranha. He's a bad chihuahua. They'll get the picture. So, so Satan knows we can just keep him from ever getting full of God. You, you, you can have all the church services you want to. You can sing kumbaya until until the chickens come home. God don't, the devil don't give a royal flying rip what you do. But the moment you step through the doors of a church full of God the Holy Ghost, once you get full of God the Holy Ghost. Yes, that's right. Amen. Now you, see, now you, you might know, if you listen, listen, why do you think God used David and a slingshot? Because it wasn't David and it wasn't the slingshot. I mean, we read the story and go, David did this. And David. Let me tell you something, Jack. David didn't do squat. But see, David had been out in the pasture with those sheep, and, and he's a psalmist. And he'd get in out there, and he'd start singing the psalm, and the Holy Ghost would come on. And he said, one time a bear came up, and I just killed a little sucker. Now, you know, but you said, boys don't kill bears. But God kills bears. No, 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 and so that's why Saul went. Ugh. The last person I heard that, that killed a lion was Samson, yeah, that's right. and David said, "I killed one of those two. Yeah. And Saul went, "Get your slingshot." And David, David didn't go out there and said, "I've been practicing with this thing." And no, he didn't say that. He said, "He said God is going to take you out today." Yeah. Now, now, now do y'all understand where I'm going with this? The church in America has missed this. We're not going to miss this. I was watching, Lisa was watching the other day, Catherine Kuhlman. She's a skinny little thing. I mean, she's just a skinny little woman. She's just a little grandma. Full of God. I mean, when you walk along and grab some lady out of a wheelchair and she walks, that's not a grandma. There might be a looking like a grandma, (laughs) but that's God in that woman. Are y'all out there? And then Benny Hinn, you know, he got to listening to Catherine Kuhlman. Now, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, I, I enjoy listening to Benny Hinn, but I got enough sense to know that ain't Benny. Y'all sitting there going, Benny Hinn, this. Benny Hinn didn't do anything. Benny Hinn said, use me, Jesus. Yeah, that's right. listen, listen to Paul. Mm-hmm. I was crucified with Christ. Yeah. Nevertheless, not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I'm now living, I'm living by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for you. See, when a snake bites you and you go, ah, shut the <laughs> up and throw it down, there's more to you yes, than right. meets the eye. And when they try to kill you in a, and, and they drown you one night and you swim, and, and then they stone you to death one day. And then you get up and walk back in the city. That scares everybody. Yeah. Didn't we just kill you? Yeah, you did. But I don't think I'll stay dead. <laughs> see, the book, this, is, this is a supernatural book. How God anointed the man Jesus. And see, we we've all of our lives we thought, Jesus Is the son of God. But he left that deity behind. Then he said, the same spirit. Don't leave Jerusalem until you're due with power. He didn't say the new birth. Mm -hmm. They're already born again. When Thomas said, my Lord and my God, and he, Jesus said to him, you believe because you've seen me. Well, he called him a believer. So he was already a believer. But Jesus said, don't you leave Jerusalem. You want to hear another one? Do you remember when Paul was on the road to Damascus? Remember the story? And he said, Lord, what happens to you when you call Jesus Lord? You get saved. Then when when Ananias came, he said, brother Saul, he's already a Christian. Mm -hmm. What did he go for? To get him filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? Why? So he can do the work he called him to. Uh, I'm saying all that because there's a move of God, the Holy Ghost said this a while ago, it'll be lost if you don't contend for it. Now, why why do I use that word contend? Mm -hmm. Because your flesh your flesh doesn't want to come down to the church and pray in tongues. That's true. true. Your flesh. Does not want to wake up in the morning and go sit, pray in tongues. You're flesh. Right. You're flesh. Right. And I love the Lord and I'm going to heaven. Well, that's wonderful. When everybody around you is going to hell, aren't you glad you're going to heaven? Well, I tried to witness to them. They didn't want to listen. Well, why don't you get full of God? Now, I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you something. You get full of God, you won't be a coward. Your days of being a, a, a wimp are over. Right. Now, I'm going to tell you something, and you don't like this, and you, and you don't, I know you think I'm lying. I'm an introvert. I didn't talk to anybody for 22 years. Now you can't shut me up. I'm, I'm extreme introvert. I don't talk to people. But when I get to praying in the Holy Ghost, I start looking for some poor sucker to slow down long enough to pray for. Him. You all understand that? I mean, you know, you're just dangerous. And then everybody goes, you need to calm down. I've got to tell you all a story. This is a crazy story. When I first got born again, uh, I became the resident manager of apartment complex. And that's how I got out of debt. I'd go up in my room and pray in tongues. And I'd come down, and my living room be full of people. And I, and, and I said, God, I want my living room to be full of people. And I'd go down there, and they want to talk. And so we'd talk about Jesus and pray for people. And, and I'd send them home, go home, go upstairs and pray in the Holy Ghost. Come back downstairs, my living room's full of people. I said, God. Why is my living room full of people? He said, you're praying them in. I said, I am. He said, yeah, every time you leave the living room, you go upstairs and pray in the Spirit. And, and, and the Holy Ghost is drawing them into your house. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. I said, I'll quit. And he said, don't you dare. <laughs> it'll, change the, it'll change your whole life. That's right. yes, it is. I got to tell him, my daughter, Ashley. Ashley used to have a good business. She made a couple hundred thousand a year. One day, she's driving down the road in her Lexus, and the Holy Ghost hit her. And she calls me, and she goes, Dad, I don't know what to do. And I said, what's happening? She said, I can't stop laughing and crying. I said, well, pull on the side of the road. Don't keep driving. She pulled off the side of the road and sat there and cried and laughed for about 30, 45 minutes. Just drunk, drunk drunk, drunk in the Holy Ghost. She said, I'm supposed to be going to a, a, a was it Lisa, um, a house full of girls. I don't know what they're doing. Bridal shower, some bridal shower. She said, I'm late. I said, I'll just forget the bridal shower. Don't keep driving like that. She says, I can't drive. I said, well, just pull off. And she calls back she says, I think I can drive now. I said, okay, go to the bridal shower. She walks in and And the power of God starts hitting girls. She said, Dad, I don't don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I mean, I'm trying to be normal. I said, Ah, you ain't normal no more. (laughs) 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 She quit her business, wrote a book, been out preaching. I mean, she still has it, but she do not care anything about it. And God doubled her husband's income so she could go. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? Buddy, I'm going to tell you something. It'll change your life. It'll change everything about you. I don't know how I got off all this. I'm not even on my notes. I'm trying to stay on my notes. Is this all right? How God anointed Jesus. Why did he do that? Because Jesus couldn't do what he needed to do without the Holy Ghost. Can you? No, no, listen, no, you cannot. Are you tired? Then get full of God. Christianity will wear you out without God. You get full of God. You don't, you don't get tired anymore. Amen. That's right. That's right. I watch Mark Hankins and I'm thinking, 12 nations, how old are you? Yeah. He's not a puppy. It has to be God. Amen. You, don't, you don't fly all over the world when you're 65 if God ain't on you. Because you, you ain't never flown out of India, come home, leave Monday and get home Wednesday and Thursday and hadn't slept. And then preach Sunday. There's a God. Amen. Well, every time you see Jesus doing something, I want you to know that he's always led by God the Holy Ghost. Always. That's why people say, I prayed and nothing happened. Well, why don't you go off in the room praying the Holy Ghost and find out what God told you to do. Amen. Next time you get up and start praying for somebody, something will happen. But don't take the credit for it because you sure didn't do it. All right. Acts 1, go to Acts 1, 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not depart from Jerusalem, but you wait for the promise of the Father which he you said you've heard from me. John baptized you with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they said, Lord, are you going to restore Israel to the kingdom of Israel, I don't have time to explain to you why they said that, but they thought they had seven, they knew they had seven years of Jewish time left. They thought he's, the kingdom of God will be here in seven years, the millennial reign. Did you know that? They, they knew the timetable. They didn't know Gentile time started. That's why some of them thought they missed the rapture later. It's not for you to know the times of season. the Father put in his own authority, but you'll receive power. Didn't say anything about, the, about being born again. Did he? When the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now, Teal Osborne, when he was a boy, just a kid, started, having, started printing tracks and going out and passing them out And him and Daisy got married, I think they were about 18 years of age, and they went to India to preach the gospel. Now now, now listen to what I'm going to say to you. In America, we get people saved because they're growing up in our churches, and they don't know anything else. They heard about Jesus all their life, and then when they get old enough, they finally come and get born again. But we're not reaching the heathen, because you can't reach the heathen without the Holy Ghost. Because they have a book too. So T.L. Osborne said to them, you need to believe in Jesus. And they said, why should we believe in Jesus? Well, the Bible says so. They said, we have a book. Hindus have a book. The Muslims have a book. I don't know whether you understand this. They all have a book. But whose God is God? He said, I couldn't prove it. What a statement. I couldn't prove it. Jesus is Lord. They said, prove it. Him and Daisy came home defeated. Took a church in Oregon. Started pastoring. Now, he said what I'm about to tell you on TBN. A man in Australia, the Lord said to him, I want you to go to America and take a book to a man I tell you about. The book was The Father and His Family by E.W. Kenyon. Kenyon was extremely controversial in Pentecostal circles because it was the first book on the faith message. It was the first book on who you are in Christ. It was the first book that explained to, to people how to walk in the Spirit. So he gets on a boat in Australia, and he comes to California. And then the man prayed and said, is this where I get off? He said, no. And the boat went up to California, every, every port. He got to Oregon. And then when he got to Oregon, Portland, he said, get off. Get off the boat and walk until I tell you to stop. The man walked East led by the Holy Ghost, found T.L. Osborne out in front of the church planting uh, uh, flowers in the garden and said, give him the book. And he looked at the book and he said, God sent me from Australia to give you the book. See, T.L. had been up there praying, God, why am I not effective? Why am I failing at the job you gave me to do? I told him about Jesus and I can't prove it. He said, I tore the front cover off the book because I didn't want anybody to know I was reading Kenyan. Started reading the book, Father and His Family. We got him out there. Then an evangelist came into the city. Uh, what's his name, Lisa? The prophet, the Jesus-only prophet. What's his name? William Branham. Now, I'm not telling you to go listen to William Branham. I'll tell you why I don't. William Branham came to town and then Lord, the Lord said to TL, go to his meetings. Go to his meetings. William Branham was a Baptist with the Holy Ghost on him. He's a prophet. Call you out and tell you who your doctor was, and what pills you're taking. People are getting healed by the power of God. See, the Holy Ghost will cross every. See, nobody cares. Catholics, Baptists, no, no denomination gives a rip if God's moving. You, you want to see every denomination in a building? Get God to move. So William Branham's preaching, and T.L. and Daisy go to the meetings, and he sees people in, in, in God's healing people by the power of God. And God said to T.L., you can do that. You can do that. T.L. left that meeting that night and said, I found the answer to evangelism. I found the answer the world is looking for. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. These signs follow those that believe in my name. I don't know when he decided that wasn't relevant. I'm not sure when we were supposed to tear that out. Who told us to tear that out? Who told you to preach without signs? Who told you to do that? The church told you to do it because a backslidden preacher can't produce results. So he makes up excuses. Those days are gone. No, they're not. You're gone. Tell the truth. You don't know God. Tell the truth. You want to walk with God, it's going to cost you to walk with God. God ain't pouring out his spirit. We're going to talk about this Sunday morning. God ain't pouring out his spirit on on no lukewarm Christian. So T.L. leaves that meeting that night, and he goes home, and he takes that book, and he starts reading it, and he starts praying and praying and praying and praying. And he says he was in the kitchen one day, and Jesus appeared to him. Didn't say anything to him. You can go back on on TBN, look up T.L. Osborne, and you can hear him tell this whole thing on TBN, the whole story that I'm telling you right now. And he said, Jesus didn't say anything to him. But he said, when he appeared, I went, Jesus is alive. And he said, from this day forward, if the Bible says it, I believe it. And him and Daisy went to Cuba, no, Puerto Rico, Ponce, Puerto Rico, 1950. Went down and rented a stadium and got up and said, Jesus is alive and he heals today. He's a healer. God started healing people while he was preaching the gospel. He said, if you said do this, then that's what I'm going to do. He said, now I have proof that Jesus is alive. See, so you don't go overseas and gather a bunch of people and say, "I'm going to preach." See, so listen, listen to me. I'm tired of hearing stories about missionaries going overseas and, and in 25 years they have a little group of 25 people in a in a clinic. I <laughs> never told you to go open a clinic. I got invited to go down and do a meeting in um, San Cristobal, Venezuela. I mean, uh, where's the place in Venezuela that I went? Um, well, some place in Venezuela. Maracaibo. Yeah, I ended up in Maracaibo, but I was San, I think it was San Cristobal. So I was down there, and on the way down, a preacher a preacher came to me, and he says, "Will you come to my church Sunday?" I said, "Well, I I gotta catch a plane. You know, I, I just got into Venezuela." And uh, he, he and we were doing something in the capital city, and I'm supposed to be—is um, it Maracaibo down in Venezuela? Yeah, that's the. I'm supposed to be in another town to start a, a seminar Monday. And he, I said, "Well, you, I got I got a flight to ticket." He says, "I'll I'll get you to the airport." I said, "Okay." I, and I just felt led by God. I went to his church. And I'm sitting, and, they, and so the pastor takes me in to his office. The only place in the whole had an air conditioner, a little windy unit. Trying to keep me cool before he took me into the sanctuary where it's hot as blazes. So I wish they'd get over the suit thing. Cause I don't wear suits overseas anymore. I don't get over it. So anyway, I'm sitting in this office. And, there, and, and me and my interpreter, and there's, and there's a man and a woman sitting there. I mean the office is about as big as that little room right there. If I think that room's bigger. And so I turned to the interpreter and I said, uh, who's the woman? And so the interpreter asked the man, and he, he, Does she go to this church? She goes, No. Now listen, listen to what the man said. He said, last night, he said, my, my wife, I had to take her to the hospital again. At night, something grabs her by the throat and tries to choke her to death. Just. ah, And he says, I don't know what to do about it. He says, I keep taking her to the hospital. And he says, last night, the Lord said, you take her to so-and-so church and there'll be somebody there to help her. I went, oh. We have a demon-possessed woman sitting in this office. It was a devil trying to kill her. But this man had a, I think it was a dream. And so he wakes up in the morning, loads his wife up, and comes to the church, and they brought her in the office and set her right in along with me. And then they take me into the, the, the church building. And I mean it's a, I mean it's probably not as big as this blue section. And you can't give an altar call because the the platform is two feet wide and the first row's there. And, it's, and everybody is, is, the building is jammed with people. And, and I said, Lord, when, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to stand up and ask them this question. And read the scripture. What is it you want? There's a scripture. The Lord said, what do you want me to do for you? And he says, you read that scripture and close your Bible. And I did, I got up and I read the scripture and I closed the Bible and I began to tell stories about what God had done for people. And I kept kept preaching, what is it you want Him to do for you today? And so I preached about 30, 45 minutes, 35 minutes. And I said, who in here wants Jesus? And I mean, everybody stood up and I can't give an altar call because they can't go anywhere. They can't come forward. And so I said, if you want, if you need God, just raise your hand. Everybody raised their hand. And so, so I prayed a prayer. Everybody in the building prayed. And then I stood up and I said, Now you foul devil in hell, come out of her. And that woman Aah! started screaming. And everybody, and, and the power got hit, and they couldn't fall down because there's too many people. So they all leaned. And when I left, the pastor said, I, I prayed for nine months to get the Holy Ghost. I mean, God filled. Everybody in the building with Holy Ghost. They're all speaking in tongues. I mean, the power of God hit everybody in that building. Now, hold on a minute. Why didn't it happen before I got there? Was it the mighty Daryl? No. No. Because anytime God does anything, he has to have a person that understands how to work with the Holy Ghost. Yes. I didn't heal that woman. I didn't even know who she was. I didn't bring her there. I didn't cast, I didn't get the devil out of her. All I did was go and told, did what Jesus told me to do. And then took authority over the devil. And then God the Holy Ghost whoosh, showed up and filled, healed everybody in the building. Saved everybody in the building. And, and healed and filled them all with the Holy Ghost. And I walked out and I went, that was cool. Now, now, listen, you say, well, I wish that happened to me. Well, it would. Listen, <laughs> the reason this is not happening is because people are not, they've never learned to work with him. Now, I could have got up there and gave a Bible lesson on Jesus dying on the cross and got two or three people saved. Well, whoop you do? And that woman would have come in sick and gone home sick. I was up in Russia. Cold in Siberia. I don't know whether y'all, you can spit and it'll it'll freeze before it hits the ground. Don't ever wear leather shoes to Russia. Don't you ever do it. You'll, You'll wish you had not done it. I wanted to be cool. Took my leather shoes. I was cool. I was about to freeze to death. And I went up there and they had a church of 500 people. And I got up and I preached on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 500 people instantly filled with the Holy Ghost. I didn't do that. I just told them what the Bible said. Hmm. I, I, have you all ever wondered why Jesus waited four days to raise Lazarus from the dead? Because he couldn't. He couldn't. Holy Ghost wouldn't let him go. You better not show up and start telling someone to come out of the grave if the Holy Ghost ain't there. You, know, you better go sit down. So he's so he stayed sitting in a chair. Lazarus is dead. I know. What are you doing? Nothing. Yeah, but he's dead. I know. Are we going? I think. Someday. Four days later, the Holy Ghost goes, go. Are y'all out? See, you got to start reading your Bible right. Think that Jesus ran around. Well, he didn't. He didn't. And you don't either. That's why there's so many faith failures. We're reading the Bible without the Holy Ghost. You you can't do that. Peter's shadow, honey, it ain't his shadow. That's God on him so strong when he walked by you. Boom, healed. Well, it didn't happen to him all the time. Because I guarantee you if it happened to him all the time, then he would have never been able to go out to eat. Can I tell you another story? I got three minutes. When I went to Raymond, there's a lady there named Sandy Brown. She was a playboy bunny in Los, in Los Angeles. She knew she was saved when she started slapping people for pinching her. She got saved and went back out and became a playboy. You know, kept her job and realized she didn't like being pinched. So she left, went to Raymond, went to Bible school. She said when her, but she, she, she had its time that God took her, and she spent a lot of time home praying. Praying, praying, praying. And her husband, Dean, was getting ordained. She said, I knew I needed to go to the mall and buy him a suit. So she went to Dillard's. She'd been home praying for a week. She walked up and said, ma'am, I need a suit. And the lady fell out. <laughs> she said, Well. That ain't working. She said she kept asking people to help her, and they kept falling out. She said, this ain't working. So she walked through the mall. And when she got through the mall, she turned around and looked behind her. And everybody she walked by was laying out in the power. She said, I better go home. There's a God. I'm not even using notes anyway. Don't leave Jerusalem until you're due with power. Now, they were already apostles and they are already born again. The early church started in power. I'm going to close with this and listen, listen to what I'm going to say. If you ever want to study what the church is like, study the life of Samson. Samson started off in power. But do you know what the long hair was about? You know what that was about? He's a Nazarene. What does that mean? It was a shame for a man to have long hair. So when a man took a vow to walk with God, it was called a Nazarene vow. And Samson took the vow. He had power until he compromised. Uh, He sinned a few times, but it didn't change. I'm not condoning sin. But the moment he yielded to Delilah and he he compromised, he he got up, nothing happened. Nothing. Until he's in the treadmill. That's the church. We've been in this treadmill for a while. Kumbaya, come to church, no God, go home, no God. We don't have people getting out of wheelchairs. Not yet. We don't have blind eyes opening. Not yet. But you're going to see a day. You just come in the church. People are going to be coming, ah, I'm healed. Yeah, probably so. But now, you, now, you, now, come Sunday morning, you have to let me take, help you go there. Can I tell you this? Can I give you the key? Without reverence for God, you're not going there. Amen. Let me give you a scripture. I want you all to think about this. Remember Jesus said, have faith in God, Mark eleven twenty three. What does that mean? Trust him with your life. If you can't trust him with your tithe, you can forget healing. A Christian is a person who's married to Jesus. And they're set apart. Yes. When I married Lisa, I took her home. She ain't going back to her mama. She coming with me. Now, even though we're legally married, I still expected her to go home with me. Is that okay? When you're married to Jesus, I think he wants you at home. I mean, it would be odd. How's Lisa? I haven't seen her in months. Where is she? I don't know. She called me the other day wanting money. You sent it to her? I ain't sending her nothing until she comes home. Well, you can call God all you want to, but you ain't going to get no money until you come home. The church has got some changing to do. I'm past done, but listen to me. We're going to see. We're going to see the greatest move of God we've ever seen in our life. In the United States of the we're going to see it. Yes, yes. There's some persecution coming. It's starting. But the devil, you don't have to worry about the devil if you're full of God. If you're not full of God, you, you better get scared right now. Because this thing's fixing to flip upside down. You haven't seen hell yet. The darkness and the light are going to, listen, as the world gets darker, the church will get lighter. Yes, you have a choice right now which way you go. But if you're going to walk with God, you fix him to crank it up. Yes, yes, yes. Huh, is that all right, Shirley? Yeah, amen. Yes. Amen. That means even this church. Yes, amen. We got some changing. Everybody ready to do some changing? Yes. Let's say this with me. Father God, Father God. Thank, you thank you for the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. and fire. Holy Ghost, do in me what you did in Jesus. Get me ready for the work you have me to do. I thank you that you live in me. Teach me to work with you. Jesus needed you. Peter needed you. Paul needed you. I need you. I cannot do the work. Without you in me, I will no longer attempt it. it. Me and you, Holy Ghost. Thank you you. for the Spirit of God in me Me. and on me. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Darrell Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.